Another day, another deep dive. Y'all know the drill. We're going to take a look at two players on the 40-man today. We're going to take a look at Zach Short and Daniel Norris. Some conversations to be had about their futures with the Tigers organization. And we're going to spend the first part of the episode, probably just segment one, talking about the Arizona Fall League. We haven't done an Arizona Fall League update yet uh, for Tigers players. So we're going to do that at the beginning. Then two players, jam-packed episode today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. For those watching on YouTube, do you like this vibe? This is not I'm, – I'm back home tomorrow, so my, like, real, you know, setup and everything, I'll be, I'll be back to that. But – because I'm I'm on the road, I don't have my like crane, right? Like the big metal crane that holds my mic. So I'm just kind of holding it. Kind of like, I don't know what, broadcaster, like field field reporter, maybe. I don't really know what this vibe is, but I kind of mess with it a little bit. Kind of like I, I like talking with my hands and it kind of opens me up to, to talk with my hands a little bit more. I don't know. I kind of like it though. Like a like a reporter. Like a like a field reporter, courtside, field side. That that's what I, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from it. Um, okay, so as we said in the cold open today, we are going to talk about well a, a lot of players, I guess, because of the Arizona Fall League update, which is what we will do right here at the beginning of the show. We're also then going to take a look at Zach Short and Daniel Norris, talk about their futures with the team and and what they did. For the Tigers, what roles they filled in 2022. First, though, as stated three times now, we are going to take a look at the Arizona Fall League. Um, some important things to mention when it comes to the Arizona Fall League, right? Uh, first and foremost, this level of competition is not fantastic. It's not amazing. It's not like... I'm trying to figure out what the easiest comp would be to like where it would fall within the levels of the minors. It's certainly worse than AAA. I would say that it's probably lesser than AA. So here's the thing. It's fascinating and I love it. And I love I love the AFL. I love the fact that players can get a chance to develop more. That's like its main purpose, right? For developmental purposes. I love it. I love everything about the Arizona Fall League. It's it's just it's hard to the reason why we haven't been doing updates like every day or even every week since the season ended with it is just because it's so difficult to find out how much you really want to take from it. Right? Like how how much of a grain of salt? How big is that grain of salt that you want to take from it? I guess is my point, right? So it's it's tough. I'm, I want to walk a fine line, but I, I do want to give updates and everything because it is baseball being played and we do have some bigger name players over there within our organization, at least. I also think it's interesting to note that one of the other reasons I really like it is because it's not three teams, 
right? So it's not like every team has an Arizona Fall League team. Like every team has players mixed in with their Arizona Fall League team. That didn't really make sense. That didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Affiliation-wise, like four, five, even six teams per team, right? So like Jordan Lawler is playing with the Detroit Tigers prospects. Jordan Lawler was a pretty highly regarded shortstop prospect uh what last draft or not last draft but last last draft um so uh, jordan walker who i'm gonna let you in on a little secret because i don't like the st louis cardinals at all i cannot stand them as an organization they ruined my childhood right big hater as far as the st louis cardinals organization goes however jordan walker might be my favorite prospect in all of baseball unfortunately unfortunately it really sucks and there were kind of like some rumors that he might have gotten traded or something last offseason. But I promise you, that dude is generational. So it's kind of cool for me just to see like my favorite prospect in baseball play with the prospects of my favorite team in baseball. That's kind of a cool thing. But um, when let, let's talk about the Tigers players and, and the impact that they have had so far. First and foremost, Dylan Dingler did hit well, but only played in four games and now has kind of an injury thing going on. Probably won't play for the remainder of the AFL. Uh, however, it also, in the same breath, sounds like he will be ready to go spring training 2023. Not going to miss any any time as far as his professional career goes. He's just going to take the offseason and recover. Uh, but hit well, for whatever it's worth, in four games in the Arizona Fall League. Like, that's my point. Like, it, it's a smaller sample size it's against talent that varies all across the board. I mean, Joey Wentz was in the AFL, but then we also have dudes that are, you know, like single-A pitchers or single-A hitters. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's tough to, to really gauge. So I think for pitchers, you're more just looking for how much stuff moves and how much command ha- has been solid, right? That was barely English. You get what I'm saying, though? And then for hitters... Obviously, defense is, is kind of translates across all levels. If you're a good defender, you're, you're pretty much a good defender. But offensively, again, especially based on what we saw from the Tigers team this season at the major league level, just hit mistakes. Like if, 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 you're, if you're sending a ball way out of the strike zone outside and you're a righty and you're, and you're you know, flicking the wrists and and getting it out to right field. Like, that's great. And that's very impressive. You know, go with the ball. Like, have impressive at-bats for sure. But, like, just hit balls that you're supposed to hit. And and we'll worry about the development of the other pitches uh, against stuff that might not be great later. All right? Um, So, we talked about Dingler. Colt Keith, I want to say for last. Because Colt Keith is absolutely amazing. Parker Meadows. Parker Meadows has really struggled in the Arizona Fall League. That's kind of a weird development because Parker Meadows had a fantastic season and I think will get picked up onto the 40-man. I think Parker Meadows is is a guy that that if they don't, he's going to be Rule 5 eligible, and I don't think they want to risk that. Even He's not necessarily a guarantee to get taken in the Rule 5, but I I think that that's – he had a good enough season this year where I think that that's something they don't want to risk. So seeing him struggle, I don't know. Like this is kind of narrative ball. I say it with with the NBA Summer League. It's like my favorite thing to say. Uh, I say it a lot with like the prospects tournament in the preseason and hockey. Like 
Arizona Fall League is really only something you should utilize to fit your narrative. And I know that kind of sounds like a joke and kind of like, a, okay, like that's funny. But like for real, like, like, like I'm half kidding, but also I'm kind of not in the sense that Yes, you should not just blindly, like if someone's struggling, they're struggling, obviously, but what are we, are we going to look at 18 games of Arizona Fall League ball with Parker Meadows and just completely dismiss his almost 900 OPS in the minors across two levels this season? No, you shouldn't do that. I, I wholeheartedly believe you shouldn't do that. But in the same breath, if someone's crushing the ball and they had a great season, then you can be like, hey, look, they're still crushing the baseball. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's kind of like extra credit on a test. That's how I view the Arizona Fall League. If you stink, well, I don't know. It's the Arizona Fall League. If you're good, all right, let's talk turkey. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So struggling, but it doesn't change my opinion of what to do with Parker Meadows this offseason whatsoever. Not even a little bit, not even remotely. Uh, Gage Workman. Yeah, Okay. So here's the thing about Gage Workman is that he he's doing my itchy nose, dog. I, I'm so I don't know how that keeps happening. Um, so Gage Workman has yet to really hit for a super great batting average yet, just like professionally. Um, but has shown the ability to slug, has shown some power, struggled a little bit this year, I guess I'd say. Uh, and, and that was pretty noticeable at the plate, to be honest with you, but he's athletic. He can be a good defender at third and even at short. I like, this is a dude that on draft day, I really liked draft day, 2020. I really liked went to school with torque. It was kind of an interesting story. And so far offensively just hasn't really been able to get over the hump of having like a super low batting average, uh, 15 strikeouts in 17 games. Only three walks drawn, low OBP. So that's just something like, again, this just kind of reconfirms what we already know when it comes to Gage Workman. Like 200 batting average in the AFL so far in 17 games. Low OBP, low average, but a 475 slugging percentage. That's pretty dang good. Again, just reconfirming kind of what we already know. I guess that wouldn't really change anybody's opinion no matter what because that's pretty much what he's been doing. So even though the, the slugging this year, uh, especially for the first half of the season, he, he, he kind of struggled. But um, just someone to keep an eye on for. Like next season I think is a really big kind of make or break season professionally for Gage Workman. So someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, okay, we'll get into the – I don't think – well, Colt Keith we have to talk about, but I think the only pitcher – oh, there's a couple pitchers. Okay. So we'll get into and, and finish the, the rest of the AFL players that I want to talk about. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Roan. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention. All right. And Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way. From your commute to work, to your 18 holes, of golf. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. With gold fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, rather, so you can ditch the dry cleaner all together. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off of your entire order. That's 20% off 
of your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Greatly appreciate each and every one of y'all. I'm really liking this loose mic thing. I don't know if it's going to like stay, stay, but like I really mess with it. I really enjoy talking like this. I don't know why. I don't know why this is so different in like a positive way for me, but I really enjoy it. So there you go. We'll see what happens. We'll see. No, no, no promises either way. Um, Okay, so finishing up the Arizona Fall League conversation, we're going to save Cole Keith for last. Joey Wentz lit the Fall League up. I don't think he's going to pitch too much more in it, if at all. I think he's probably done uh, pitching in the AFL. Actually, it might have been reported that he already was. That might be confirmed by somebody important. So don't expect to see him too much more. But the reason why is because there's nothing else for him to prove here. Like, he got... Put on the 60-day IL, and people were like, oh, my goodness, why the 60-day? Well, and take at the end of the season. And that removes him from the 40-man roster, which we will get to at some point when discussing the players we're going to discuss for this episode in their deep dives because uh, that kind of correlates to them too. But So it, it got him off the 40-man, the but also it was an ability for him that not being on the 40-man and not being on call, he can go straight to the Arizona Fall League from the end of the season. And that, that's what they did. They're, what he got put on like four or five days left in the season. He got put on the 60 day, just went straight to the AFL and, and started pitching. Ended with assuming this is the end ended with a zero ERA. <laughs> I mean, can't get too much better than that. All right. Zero ERA and three starts. That's 12 innings. Uh, he had four walks and 14 strikeouts in 12 innings. That's a K per nine of a little over 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he only gave up how many, two hits, two hits and three starts. And granted they weren't very long starts, four innings, but still. So I, I think this is just something that this just really reconfirms to me that he is like very much better than like the mid level of the minors. Like at, at next season, at worst, he will be in triple A. There's no reason for Joey Wentz to be starting off the season or really at any point, barring injury, should be in Erie or, or whatever. He should be in Toledo right off rip or on your major league roster. And and that's a conversation just in its own entity that's not correlated to him dominating in the years on a fall league. Again, I, I don't hold that much uh, uh, merit into it for certain players. And Joey Wentz is one of those players. Like he's just very clearly better than his competition in this league. Great to see. Awesome to see. There was some video that came out. His stuff looked really solid, but, at, you know, I'm not going to go, oh my goodness, you know, he had a zero ERA in the AFL. He's going to win Cy Young. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Joey Wentz next season. Uh, I think that's a pretty fascinating conversation talking about what his role will be next year. We talked about it a little bit in the episode where we went over everybody that ended the season on the IL, but. That's probably one we'll have a couple more times before the new year as well. Um, Tyler Madison is the only other pitcher I want to talk about and the only other player I want to talk about before we get to Colt Keith. So Madison is a, well, friend of the show, for starters. Came on the show uh, about a year ago now, probably. 
maybe a little less. I can't remember. Maybe it was like mid lockout. I don't remember, but uh, came on the show and he tore it up in the Arizona Fall League, which is a great sign. 0.96 ERA so far. And, and I'm not, I'm speaking in past tense. It's still going on. I don't know why I'm speaking in past tense. That, that's my fault. I guess I was doing it for once because he's probably done. But uh, so for Madison, nine and a third innings pitch so far, a sub one ERA, 14 strikeouts and nine and a third. That's really darn good. It's like a 13 and a half K per nine. Really solid stuff. Whip of 1-1. One, one. And again, less than 10 innings, Arizona Fall League, et cetera, et cetera. Going to keep putting those caveats on it because I don't want people to blow up my mentions being like, oh, my goodness, you're taking way too much merit in it. Whatever. Um, This season was a struggle for him at the professional level. He had an ERA in the fives, well into the fives. Uh, And I I think he's probably long for the bullpen. The thing is, even with his high ERA this season – Madison had very good strikeout numbers. And that's why I think he's longed for the bullpen, but in a very respectful way. I think he has a he could have a really bright future of being a solid reliever. Um, but yeah, in single A in Lakeland this year, had a 5-2-3 ERA, but a 12.7 K per nine over a full season. So solid stuff. His home run numbers weren't that bad either. I, I think this is all fixable. And I really like him. You can see the sun is kind of doing a weird thing on my face right now. Um, so I, I, I like Madison and I, and I think that this just reconfirms good strikeout guy has the ability to overpower people. We'll see what he can do. If he can just eliminate some of like the extra base hits and some of the, the Babbippy stuff could be a really effective reliever. So we'll see that going forward. Now, Colt Keith is where we'll end on. I've probably spent too much time in the Arizona fall league in just this update, but I think it's important. Um, Colt Keith is, is mashing, right? And, and he had a, a, a big injury, bigger injury this season missed quite a bit of time uh but in 14 games in the arizona fall league he's only 20 years old still 14 games has a 992 ops and has 13 walks on nine strikeouts his on base percentage is almost 500 and his slugging percentage is 500 an obp of almost 514 games i don't care what league you're in that is redonkulous uh, so, yeah, he's crushing the baseball. And before his injury in 48 games in high single A in West Michigan, he had a 914 OPS. Was crushing the baseball. Batting average over 300, solid walk numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Nine homers was kind of had, had some pop to it. Look, we can go into this at a later point in the offseason uh, when we really dedicate a show to like maybe a minor league update or like my own rankings. Maybe we'll do that at some point in the winter. But, um, Cole Keith has a legitimate argument for being the best prospect in this organization. And that's not a clickbait thing. That's not a, you know, trying to be a hot take artist, whatever. That's legitimate. This dude is real. He is legit. And he's someone that a lot of people liked on draft night, but I think a lot of people assumed he would be a high average, solid middle infield defender type of dude. I think he was drafted as a second baseman. And now it's to the point where he's playing pretty solidly at third and now his hitting with power as well. I got a 544 slugging percentage in high single A this season. Still only 20 years old, going to be 21 next year. Colt Keith is legit. So someone to keep an eye on for. And it's cool to see him crush the ball in the Arizona Fall League. Okay. So that's it for the AFL. Like I, I only meant to do one segment, but I, I do want to go over everybody that's playing and talk about them. And, I, and honestly, the conversations about the, the players we're doing 
are relatively quick. So it, it, it's okay. It, it might be a little bit over half an hour today, but not going to be like a super long episode, I don't think. Y- you will know. You can actually see on your phone or computer, wherever you're watching, the, the amount of time that this episode is, the length of it. So you already know if I'm holding up my end of the bargain and this isn't going to be a 45-minute out long episode, but we'll see. Only time will tell, and we'll get into that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. So let's get into the players. No time to waste. We're going to jump right into the players that we are deep diving today. Uh, We are doing, who did we say we're doing? We're doing Daniel Norris for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach Short. Zach Short and Daniel Norris are going to be the two players that we're going to look at in this one. Um, So really, again, not like a super deep, long conversation, I don't think, when it comes to these guys. I I think Daniel Norris maybe has a little bit longer of a conversation just because his future still might be with, A, the Tigers, maybe, but B, like has has a legitimate chance to, I mean, like make a major league roster, maybe let's start with Daniel Norris. Let's, let's just start having the conversation now and not talk about having a conversation. Let's just have the conversation. All right. Really weird year for Norris, really weird year for the van man. Um, Started off this season, not with the Detroit Tigers, obviously, as we remember, and really struggled. Uh, Like there's no way around it. Really, really struggled in the first half of the season. And then got called up by the top, like got signed on a minor league deal, was in Toledo for a little bit uh, after getting DFA'd and then made the Tigers again. And it was kind of like this cool story. And I talked about it all the time. I probably sound like a broken record all the time. I was like, oh, you know, this is a cool story or whatever. But I don't know. I, I don't really see Daniel Norris being on this team next year. So, like, I'm glad we need someone to give us innings. So I'm glad that he's here. I'm, I hope that he can provide valuable innings down the stretch because we desperately need it. But in the same breath, like, I don't know, I'm not like moved by it. I'm not, I'm not going to freak out and, and like have a super great time. Like kind of a cool story again that he's back or, or whatnot. But on a baseball level, it didn't really, didn't really move me, right? And he was really he was he was really solid in the second half of the season. And I, I feel like maybe I didn't give him his proper like flowers or due diligence just because I was so keen on the fact that like look, he's not gonna be back this year. I'm not gonna freak out about any of this. But he, he was really solid. Uh if you just look at first half and second half splits, which is about his tiger career versus not his tiger tiger season, rather, versus not his tiger season. First half of the season, he had a 6-9 ERA in 27 games. Brutal. In the second half, he had a 3-4-5 ERA in 14 games. Really solid stuff. Um, I mean, month by month tells you the same exact story, but worth going over still. April and March, 6 ERA. May, a 5-7-3 ERA. June, almost a 10 ERA in nine games. July, a 3380 ERA, August, a 368 ERA, and September, a 321 ERA. And a sub-1 whip in September as well to end the season. Really solid stuff. Uh, so the biggest thing with Daniel Norris 
has been and I think will continue to be his ability to throw strikes on a consistent level. And that's not really a surprise to anyone. That's not really anything that we don't already know or that we didn't already know about Daniel Norris, even when the reunion happened. But that he has decent stuff. He always had has had decent stuff. Now, the fastball velocity is a lot lower than it was when he was breaking onto the scene as one of the best left-handed prospects, you know, in the American League at the time that we acquired him, right? So it, it's it's and he's had a lot of stuff that that he's gone through off the field and whatnot, and 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 he's just you know getting older, whatever. That that's just kind of how all that works. But for whatever reasons, for a plethora of reasons, for no reasons at all, whatever it may be. The fastball velocity is now just a tick over 90. It's like 91, 92. Uh, But that slider moves a lot. And the shape of it can be really confusing at times because it'll change dramatically. And sometimes it'll be really effective and sometimes it'll be really not effective. But the reoccurring theme with all of his pitches is just the the, the dramatic inconsistency to or to not throw strikes. And that's always been the thing with Norris. So like this season, he had a 70, he was in the 73rd percentile in K percentage. Upper third of the league, as far as strikeout rate went. Whiff percentage, 87th percentile. Good stuff. Fastball spin, 94th percentile, even with maybe a lower fastball velocity that was only 19th percentile, right? So you go through and and you have the makings of a dude that can get strikeouts. His expected batting average against was 61st percentile. Not terrible. But all of the command statistics is where he he pretty greatly struggled. Chase rate for starters only 28th percentile. So he was getting people to swing through pitches in the strike zone, but didn't really have the ability to go out of the strike zone. Also worth noting, lefty, his splits against lefties, really – since moving to the pen in his first stint with the Tigers have always been pretty pretty decent, relatively speaking, I guess, uh, have been solid-ish. So that will certainly help a little bit. But, uh, I mean, walk percentage, 11th percentile, almost, you know, bottom 10% almost in the game of baseball. Expected slugging percentage, 39th percentile, not great, little below league average. Barrel percentage, 6th percentile brutal right average exit velocity 32nd hard hit percentage 27th gets hit hard and walks people and that's always been the thing has the ability to get strikeouts always had has had the ability to get strikeouts but when he misses his spots he either misses way out of the zone so much that it's an uncompetitive pitch and can't get a swing and a miss on it or or get somebody to chase or he misses in the zone and hangs that weird inconsistent slider right over the middle and it gets cranked. And the changeup too. The, the changeup has the ability to get hit hard as well. I'm not just trying to single out the slider. I'm not trying to, to, to be rude to just the slider. I'm not trying to be rude at all. But th- this, is, this is Daniel Norris giveth and Daniel Norris taketh away. Like this is the Daniel Norris experience. We knew that. So when talking about his future, wow, the sun is doing a number right now through my window and I can't get up to go close the blind. Um, When talking about his future with the team, I still lean no. 
everything I said, given everything I said, I still lean no. Now, a weird caveat in this is that there is a possibility, there is a world, there's a realm out there in which he doesn't make the initial 40-man roster, right? So we have like nine players on the IL that we like need to, nine, ten. We have a lot of players on the injured list, okay? And we have to find room for a lot of them. And there will be a date set in the winter when baseball will go, hey, you're not allowed to have anybody on your injured list. What's your 40-man roster? Assuming health. What is your 40-man roster? Then immediately, almost, after that day passes, then you can go put people back on the IL. Not like, you know, the next day or whatever. But you'll be able to put people back on the IL, and then the 40-man roster spots will open back up. If you have 60-day IL people, like Scooble will be on the off-season 60-day. Casey Mize will be, you know, he'll be somebody that goes off just for that day and then gets put back on. So, There is, I guess, long story short, there is a possibility, there is a a reality in which I could see Daniel Norris gets chopped from the 40-man initially and then maybe is brought back on a minor league deal if he really likes the organization. But I I wouldn't bank on it. Chance, but wouldn't hold my breath. And uh, But, 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 he's going to get a minor league deal somewhere. The second half of the season might have saved his his career as far as getting a legitimate look. He will get that Drew Hutchinson-esque. I'm, well, I was going to say Julio Tehran. That's probably not a great example. But that, that Drew Hutchinson-esque, my, Willie Peralta-esque minor league deal where a team will get him and, and go, hey, the second a pitcher gets hurt, you're on the 40-man, you're in the show, but we're going to start you off in the season in AAA when everyone's healthy. I think that that's probably about what to expect from Norris next season. Is it with the Tigers? Again, I would say most likely not, but I, I don't think it's completely impossible either in the same breath. Okay, hope that makes sense. Zach Short, really quickly. Did I accidentally say Cody Clemens in the open? Did I even say the players' names in the open? Well, we're talking Zach Short, okay? So I think this is a pretty quick one. I don't think Zach Short will be here in the matter of like a week. I, I don't think Zach Short is really longed for this roster. Um, look, this is a dude that we got for half of a 60-game season of Cameron Mabin, who was like a negative win player that season, or at least when we traded him. So like, I, we're, we're not crying about the return. I'm not like, oh my goodness, like this is a complete failure of a player, a, a failure, you know, we lost the trade or whatever. No, like who cares? But the he look, he was a negative one win player last season. Negative one. A whole negative one win player last season. And then just like didn't play in the majors this year. And why? Because he's not a very good hitter. And like that's you know, relative to major league standards. I always like putting that in there because like obviously he's one of the best hitters on the planet. But in comparison to the major leagues, just just isn't up to par with it. Like his offensive numbers just have never really been there. And again, uh, we're talking about a guy who was a negative one win player last year and largely due to his offense. In 61 games at the major league level in 2021, he had a 141 average 
a 239 on base percentage and a 282 slug. That's a 521 OPS. And then in 2022, well, we're going to look at AAA because he barely played at the major league level. Only had a few at-bats, truly. Uh, and in AAA this year, had a 727 OPS. And that was pretty much entirely due to walking a lot. Now, everybody who knows me and has been a listener of this show knows that I love players that draw walks. They are my favorite thing on the planet. The thing is, 373 slugging percentage, not great. Your OBP is almost as high as your slug. That's usually not a good sign unless you're, you know, like Barry Bonds or something. And then a 229 batting average in AAA, not great. Defensively, uh, he he can play multiple positions and he can play them decently. Uh, I think last year there was a slight overreaction to, oh my goodness, Zach Short is a great defender. And I probably played a part in it. I don't remember uh, every single take I've ever had, but I probably fueled into that a little bit. I think that we were just so accustomed to like Willie Castro and Harold Castro playing shortstop for this team in 2020 and 2021 that when Zach Short got a like kind of legitimate look at shortstop in 2021, I mean, 60 games, whatever, but, you know, played innings at shortstop last year, we were like, oh my goodness, this dude is a defensive wizard. When in actuality, he was just like better than what we were used to. Again, back to the Matt Shepard quote. That's like our big thing this offseason. Like that, that's what I keep going back to. We're raising the bar. We're not trying to compare people to other people on the Tigers. We're trying to compare people to good baseball teams and good baseball players. Defensively, he's okay at a few different positions. And it's just offensively, it's just not there at the major league level. It's not. And he's about to be 27, I think. Or he might be 27. Yeah, he is 27. He's going to be 28 in May of next year. So early in the season. I just, I don't think that that's someone that is is longed for staying on the 40-man roster. So I fully expect Zach Short to uh, be removed from the 40-man. Now, again, anybody can get axed from the 40-man and then come back on a minor league deal. I would not hold my breath on Zach Short being that player. And and it's it's really too bad because, again, he, he does draw walks at a really good rate, and I think he'll get a job somewhere, a minor league deal somewhere because of that. Um, it, but and it, it's just really unfortunate because I do I, I do love the guy like, like he he seems like a really cool dude, and and I, I love players that draw walks. I, I wish that he could help teach that to other players in his organization. But but the offense when it's not a walk is so I mean poor honestly that it, it's just not even worth it. So um, when it comes to likelihood of those two being on the forty man on opening day, Zach Short we're gonna give like a five. I, I will leave a slim chance just because of the walks. We will leave a tiny slim chance that Scott Harris acts. There's no way he's going to make it through the first cuts of 40 man, but like maybe he comes back on a minor league deal for a depth signing. That's not even on the 40 man next season. Well, that would not be on the 40 man. Would it? I guess may it's 5%. We're just going to leave a 5% buffer just because of the walks. Okay. This son is brutal um Daniel Norris we're gonna give like a 15 I still don't think it's very high I would still I'm pretty convinced that he will not be a Detroit Tiger in in a few weeks and that will remain through the offseason 
but we're going to give a, a slim chance for him to get not make the first round of cuts on the 40 man and then turn around. And when they put everybody back on the IL in spring of next year, maybe he sneaks his way back on again. This is a 15% chance. This is not likely. I don't think this is going to happen, but I, I think it's more likely that he's on there than, uh, than, than Zach short, but still less than a lot of other players, Donovan the scopes, January Candelario's, et cetera. Uh, okay. I think that's it. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter with the most with from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. When will I ever get through that sentence correctly? That's my question. Let's play a game. When? When? When will I ever get through that sentence correctly? That's like three episodes in a row. I've completely botched that. Sorry about no episode on Halloween. Uh, like I said, on the road, internet spotty, spotty setup spotty. Uh, but I am back. Well, when I'm uh, I'm back, by the time you're watching this, I will be back home. So, we're chilling. We're back to every day, back to your uh, regular, regularly scheduled programming, and, and we'll be ready to rock. Uh, we're, we're cranking through the, these player breakdowns. I think we're going to be able to get through everybody by the time that roster moves start happening, so that's cool. And the World Series is almost over, which means that Tigers offseason and roster moves are almost here, and I'm super pumped about it. I'm super pumped about this sun not being in my face anymore either. Okay, peace and love. Going to therapy is dope, and I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.